This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Come on, somebody say breakthrough. Come on, say it louder, breakthrough. Turn to your neighbor, say breakthroughs coming for you. Man, what a powerful time of worship we have had. I'm excited today because I get to do it again. We're having an 11:30 service and it was so good. I can't wait to do it again. It is awesome to see so many in our 9 a.m. service that are here in the room. Give yourselves a hand. Thank you for coming out a little bit early. For those that are online, we have an 11.30 service in person as well today, and I hope there's as many in the 11.30 as there is in the 9 a.m. Let me tell you, we still need some help. If you haven't signed up to serve yet, we uh, we still need some help in several of our departments, our kids ministry, surge ministry, our red carpet uh, team, with our greeters, our ushers, our parking, uh, even some help with all of the different cameras, media, and things like that. Would you consider maybe attending a service and serving a service for the next several months? That would help us out as we're relaunching, getting started in our second service. We believe that it's the right time, and I'm just believing God is going to continue to help us uh, see the growth that we uh, are believing for in the weeks and the months to come. And so if you would be willing to do that, I believe there's a QR code or on our website, website. You can jump over there. That'll help you to serve and uh, uh, just click what area you'd like to serve and they can help you to get uh, connected. Well, I'm excited today. We're going to continue in our theme. Don't you love this backdrop? Breakthrough. Say breakthrough. Man, our team is so creative. And today we're going to look at one of my favorite characters. I've preached on him a few times uh, over the 10 years that I've been here. But we're going to look at one of my favorite characters in Scripture, and that is the life of Joshua. Joshua is a great leader in Scripture. I love studying great leaders. What I love about Joshua is he faced these incredible odds. They were against him. He had one battle after another battle, and yet he never gave up. He was such a great leader, a great believer, a great example for you and I. Now, we're going to be turning to Joshua chapter 1. So if you want to take your Bibles, click over there and uh, turn over there. Joshua chapter 1 is where we're going to be going. Here in the backdrop, you're going to hear it in the scripture, Moses has died, he's passed away, and God appoints Joshua. Now, Joshua was Moses' assistant. He's been with Moses. He's walked with Moses. Uh, He has been in the inner court, the inner circle with Moses, and God appoints Moses to take the lead. By the way, it's a great study. I've preached it in another church, why God didn't choose Caleb, but he chose Joshua. Both of them went into promised land. One of them was chosen to lead the congregation of Israel, and that's what we're going to look at today. So Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, all the congregation, the nation of Israel, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give to them, to, to, to them, to the Israelites. I will give you, underline this, every place where you put or set your foot. Can I just hear a, let it be, amen, hallelujah in the house today. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses, your territory. Now this is, if you've been to Israel, this is a huge amount of land. It will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, uh, all the Hittite uh, uh, country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. 
As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Can I hear an amen in the house? Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word, and I pray today that your anointed word, your anointed word will speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray for revelation, for illumination, for a rhema word today. One rhema word changes everything. And today, Lord, I pray that you will open our eyes and our heart. And all God's people said amen and amen. Let's continue on. Joshua needs a little encouragement from the Lord. So go down to verse six, where we're gonna pick up. God continues to say, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to your forefathers that I was going to give to them. Be strong and be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses has given to you. Do not turn to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Say that with me. Wherever you go, do not... Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, if you do everything that's written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, if you read that, as we read that together, one thing really sticks out, and that is that Joshua lacked confidence. Joshua is lacking confidence in his life, and God is going to, and he has here, as we've read it, encouraged him. Now, the question may be, why did Joshua lack confidence? I think there's a couple things that jump out right away. First of all, he was following Moses as a leader. And the last verse of the book of Deuteronomy says that Moses had been the most effective and had shown the most power and performed the most awesome deeds up to that point uh, in history. And here's Joshua now that's going to follow after the leadership of Moses. If you've ever followed a great leader, you know how intimidating that can be, how frightening it can be to be stepping into something you don't quite feel qualified for, you uh, haven't had any experience for it, and yet you're about to receive this mantle of leadership. Well, that's one thing that would make Joshua uh, shake in his boots because he's going to be filling some pretty big shoes. But imagine not only that, but for 40 years, the Israelites have been wandering in the desert. They've been wandering under the leadership of Moses because they lacked the faith to take the promised land and what God has for them. And so for 40 years, they're wandering through the desert. They're grumbling, they're complaining, they're murmuring. And now Joshua has to lead this group into this promise that God has said, I'm going to give to you that they didn't do before. And now it's his turn to begin to take them on. Now, if I'm Joshua for 40 years, I'm wandering around, I'm walking through the desert. About a 10 day journey takes 40 years. And every day you're doing the same thing. Every day looks the same. You're serving Moses, you're serving the people, you're continuing to do what you've always done day after day after day. But not only that, if you do a little bit more background study, you know that in the promised land where they were about to go, the land of Canaan, there was seven enemy nations that occupied the land. They were bigger than Israel. They were stronger than Israel. They were military-minded uh, uh, armies and nations. They were ready for battle. They had been battling. And here is a group of Israelites that have been wandering as nomads in the desert for 40 years, and God shows up and says, all right, now it's time. You're about to head on out, and you're gonna go over there, and you're gonna conquer that land. And I'm Joshua. I've gotta lead these people that 
that have been murmuring and complaining for 40 years. I've got to lead these people that didn't have the faith to do it last time. They're not military warriors. I don't know how to lead like Moses, and now it's my time to lead this group. I don't know about you, but that would make me, because I've had to be in those kinds of situations before, that would make me a little insecure. (laughs) Our insecurities are our greatest weaknesses to God doing something sometimes in our life. Well, here is Joshua, and Joshua needs a little encouragement. He needs a little confidence, and it's really one of the key significance and meanings, uh, most important things for meaning and purpose in life is that we can come to understand that God wants to use you and me. But in those moments when God is speaking and God is revealing, and I'm going to tell you in a moment, ways that God speaks and reveals and, and, and the way that we can begin to understand what God is wanting to do. But in those moments when we're beginning to realize that God wants to use me, like Joshua, there is this insecurity And there are these feelings of feeling inferior and not capable. We could never see God using us like that. That's the problem for most of us is we lack the confidence that God wants to use us. We don't even know how to envision it. We don't even maybe even pray about it. We don't know how it's going to happen. How is God going to do that in our life? And therefore, what happens is we become a little indifferent We become indifferent to being used by God. It's something that we pray. It's something that we sing. It's something that we 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 know is a good thing. We know the right things to say and do, but inwardly we really don't know how God wants to use us. So I think, like Joshua, every one of us can find ourselves looking at our own lives, and in many ways, being exactly like Joshua, where we lack the confidence, especially when God says, I want to use you. Now, over the last several weeks, we've been looking at, and we look at it often, and that is the, one of the major things that hinders us is fear of how God would use us, and especially fear of the unknown. We don't know what it would look like. We don't know what the future would look look like. And therefore, this fear of how would God use me keeps us locked up and we lose sight of what God really wants to do. And in a sense then, we begin to to be entrapped and, and paralyzed in our own fear and God is not able to do what he wants to do. So four times in this chapter, God comes to Joshua and he says, be strong, be courageous, be confident, do not be discouraged, do not deter away, be determined and confident of what I'm going to do in your life, for I have promised it and I'm going to do it in your life. Four times he had to show up and speak that in to Joshua. In fact, if you look at verse 9, I like the way the Living Bible says it. In verse 9, it says, be bold. Is it on the screen? Say it with me. Be bold and strong. Say it again. Be bold and strong. Banish fear and doubt. Come on, read it with me. Banish fear and doubt. For remember, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Shout it out wherever we go. Now that is the heart of breakthrough for 2022. I told you on New Year's Eve that it was going to require three attitudes. It was going to require an attitude of belief that we believe that breakthrough, that promise that God wants to do what he reveals in our lives. That secondly, we were going to have to pursue it. And that is pursuing God's purpose, pursuing the promises of God. And in that pursuit, it would require courage. Courage because we're going to have to overcome some fear. And that's where God shows up to Joshua and says, be strong, be bold, be courageous, and banish fear. I don't know about you, but you need to mark that somewhere in your life right now. I'm going to banish 
fear when it comes to the will and the purposes of God. I am going to banish fear. I'm going to be bold and strong and courageous because I know the Lord is with me. Can I get an agreement in the house? So if I were to give you today just really two points, the first would be that we've got to embrace God's promises. That's what I've been talking to you about, embracing the promises of God. If we're going to prepare for breakthrough, we've got to embrace. We've got to prepare to see what we have not seen before. There's a story of an American native tribe the American native tribe would have a right to ritual, a rite of passage for their young men who would become warriors, those that would be fighting with the older warriors and, 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 the, and the grown men. They would have to pass a test, and it was a very difficult test. The test is that they would have to pass through this privilege, and that privilege, this passage of the test, would enable them to fight so the chief would tell them that to, 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 to become one of their warriors, fighting warriors, they would have to climb this very, very steep mountain. It was going to be a difficult climb. It would take them several days to do it. It would be something that would strain and uh, would, would strain them and push them because it was very hard and it was a grueling challenge. Many would only get halfway up and as they would get about halfway up, they would give up. Some would, would claim that they had climbed all the way to the top, but the reality is they didn't really get to the top. But this was a challenge that they had to pass, and they had to work at it. And those that would say that they had, claimed, they had climbed to the top, when they got uh, back to the chief, the chief would say to them, what did you see when you got to the top of the mountain and, and, and the one who had the right answer would be the one that the chief would know had made it to the summit. The one with the right answer would say, I, I saw something. I saw something that I never saw before. As I climbed up to the top and I looked out, I saw the ocean and the sea, and I had never seen that before. You see, the reality is, if they did not get to the top, they would not know what was at the very top. Only those that got to the top of the mountain would be able to see what they had never seen before, which was the ocean. Now, you and I live at the ocean. We know what that looks like. But for this American tribe, they did not know it. And the reality is if they didn't get to the top, they could claim that they did. But if they didn't get to the top, they couldn't really see what was on the other side of the horizon. What I want to say to you today is don't limit God if you need a breakthrough in your life. Be prepared to climb up the mountain because at the top of the mountain, you're going to see what you have not seen before. And there's going to be incredible breakthroughs, but you've got to get to the top. God said to Joshua, I promised Moses that I was going to give him this land and I am giving you that same promise that everywhere where you put your feet, that land is going to be your land. I believe that that happens when you and I determine that we're going to climb to the top. When God is ready to bring a breakthrough, what God is saying is what I've promised, you're going to see it. What I've given to you in, in vision, what I've, what I've given to you through inspiration, what I've given to you through my spirit, I promise you will see it. What I know is that God wants to reveal purpose and he wants to reveal vision to you. What I've learned through the years of pastoring, though, is that very few understand how to recognize when God is giving them a vision, when God is speaking to them. Sometimes they might think it's my own thoughts, my own mind. It might even be the enemy that's coming and planning thoughts. How do I know when it's God and God is giving me this vision? Well, for the next few moments, let me just say that the way that you know that God is giving you a God vision, a God inspiration, is first of all, he begins to implant a dream in your heart. Something that you begin to see, a dream, a vision, 
A lot of times I like to say it's like a picture and you begin to see this picture. Just like when you climb to the top of the mountain and they would look across and see the ocean, there would be a picture that they had never seen before. Well, what I know is that when we prepare for breakthrough, God is ready to begin to download visions and dreams and desires in your heart. If it's to advance the kingdom of God, if it's to advance the purposes of God, if it's to advance the work of God in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, I can guarantee you, you didn't dream that up by yourself. God dropped that into your heart and into your spirit. Now, if it's a dream for a bigger house and a better car, if it's a dream for better clothes and a better job, it might not be of God. It may be, but you've got to test that to see if the motivation is right about that. But I can guarantee you when it's about the kingdom of God, the purpose of God, the ways of God, expanding the glory of God and making God's name great, I can guarantee you that that's come from God and from the heaven above. So he begins to give you this picture, this dream, this vision, and it draw, it, it falls into your spirit. Your spirit becomes like soil for the seed. The seed is that vision, and it falls into your spirit. All of a sudden, you begin to think about that. You begin to dream about that. You begin to think about how would that be possible and the opportunities of what could happen if God were to open a door and you would begin to see that. And you begin to dream about it to the point that you can't even shake it. Sometimes you don't even want to think about it no more. I'm just telling you. It's like, God, can I think about something else? And that's all that you can think about. When your mind begins to wander in prayer, it's wandering to that picture that God has given to you. Well, when that happens, I'm telling you, God has dropped something into your spirit and he will begin to bring opportunities across your path and, 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 and that seed becomes like a burden and it begins to grow and you can't shake it. I mean, you think about what would be and what if and if we could and you begin to dream about and talk about. All of a sudden, you begin to share it with others and you begin to see those that are coming around with a like mind and a like vision. They begin to come around you and they begin to carry that vision with you because God has dropped it into their heart as well. Yes, it might have started as a thought. It might have started as, a, as just a picture. It might have started as just a, a burden in your heart, but now it begins to grow and you're dreaming about it. And, 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 and now all of a sudden you begin to feel like, okay, if it's a God dream, I'm telling you, you feel like it's impossible. How am I going to do that? How are we going to do that? There is a moment of insecurity and feelings of inferiority of how am I going to get to that promised land? But yet inside of you, there is a boldness and a confidence that keeps you moving because you know it's not you, but the spirit of God. You begin to read the scripture and you begin to get more visions and dreams and pictures and, and you begin to understand that all of a sudden what seemed impossible, now confidence begins to grow up in your spirit and your spirit is getting strong and the word of God, as you read it, is making that word, that prophetic word, that picture get stronger in your spirit. And man, you'll get into services, you'll get into times of prayer, you'll be out and about and in and, and, and ministry, and all of a sudden, you begin to realize that that vision that God's put in your heart is something that you can't shake because it's something God wants you to do. Now, what I know is God does this for everyone, not just the pastors, not just the evangelists, not just missionaries, not just the apostles or those with apostolic gifts. I'm here to tell you today, God wants to give each and every one of you a vision and a dream because it's connected to your breakthrough. You will not see breakthrough if you don't see the vision and the dream and recognize the promise of God. Now, sometimes that vision and dream will take years for fulfillment. Can you imagine with me, Joshua and Caleb, especially Aaron was also a part of it. He's not mentioned. But can you imagine for 40 years how many times Joshua must have thought about the promised land? 
He'd been there. He tasted it. He carried back those grapes. They were so big that they had to carry them on their shoulders. We, we talked about that a few months ago. I mean, they were huge. They brought them back so the Israelites could see what the promised land was going to be like. Your breakthrough is going to be huge. Your breakthrough is bigger than you can imagine. Fear and doubt hindered them from their breakthrough. In fact, everybody but Joshua and Caleb were not allowed to enter into the promise and the breakthrough because of their fear. Everybody experiences fear. It takes courage to move beyond your fears because you see a vision and a dream. You, you, you begin to understand the breakthrough. Stay with me. I'm leading to what's going to help you this next month. Breakthrough begins to come because of something now that's gotten lodged into your spirit. It may not happen at the end of the 21 days. It may not even happen in 2022. But the vision gets planted. The seed gets dropped. The, the, the promise gets released. And the promise takes root in your spirit like a seed in soil. Joshua, Caleb, can I, and I can imagine how many times that they're walking around and, and maybe they're walking alone and they say, man, you remember what the promised land was like? You remember when we were there? You remember what we tasted? I mean, I can imagine, I, I mean, all of us, there's moments that it probably got annoyed at that congregation that was grumbling and mumbling and complaining. I'm sure Joshua and Caleb are a little frustrated from time or two because they could have been living in the promised land, but they were still living in the desert because of the lack of faith of the rest of the congregation. How many times that Joshua would have said, man, do you remember what it was like? Remember when we were walking through the land? See, Joshua knew. He knew what was before him. And yet fear was still there, but he knew what it was like. He understood, and I want to encourage you and I, because we've got to also understand that breakthrough, the promised land for you and I comes as we push past, as we determine that we're going to banish our fear, and there'll be no more excuses, and that we will believe God's promises. This is what I know in the next several weeks, is that promises are going to begin to be released from above. People will receive promises. You will see your promised land. You will see what God wants to do in your life. I guarantee you there's always giants in the promised land. There is a fight that have to be fought to get to it, but God will release it if you'll let him release it into your spirit. So prophetically for just a moment, and you may want to just lift your hand. I just want to pause for a moment prophetically, and I just want to begin to speak over you. Some of you may feel, you may feel as though that, 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 that you're in a place in your life that is stuck. You may feel that your career is not going anywhere. I've gone as far as I can go. I've hit the peak. Well, I'm here to prophetically say to you today that your job is not your source. I'm here to prophetically speak over you and say that that idea, that decision can change the course of your life. That over the next 21 days, over this month, that God, you would release the, 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 the promises into the hearts of your people. That God, you will not be limited not limited by education, not limited by background, not limited by ethnicity, not limited by color. You will not be limited in any way because God is the God of breakthrough. You will not lack in any way. I'm praying that God will begin to move you past the limitation. Some of you felt like you've hit the lid and there's a limitation. My prayer is that there is a breakthrough through that limitation and there is a shattering that's going to take place over your life. Just say, God, you can do anything. You're all powerful. You're omnipotent and I believe it right now. So in the name of Jesus, I declare as the pastor, I declare that this will be a new year, that there is a new breakthrough that's coming. There is rhema words that are coming from above. No matter what you went through in the past, no matter how much you've messed up in the past, no matter how in 
inferior you may feel or insecure you may feel. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that no setback will hinder you from what God wants to do. Nothing will thwart the promises of God and the progress that God has for your life. There is a new thing that's coming and it's going to be a breakthrough in your life. Someone give him praise in the house. Glory, 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 glory. If we go to the end of Joshua's life, Joshua 23, verse 14, he's lived his life. They conquered the promised land. They've battled after battle after battle. And in verse 14, now Joshua is about to pass. And Joshua says this to the congregation. He says, I am about to go the way of the earth. I'm about to pass away. You know that not one of all of the good promises that God gave us has failed. Say it with me, every promise. Say it louder, church, every promise. Come on, someone get it in your spirit. Say every promise has been fulfilled. No one has failed. I speak that over you. Breakthrough is about God's promises and it's bringing access into your life. It's not what you see, it's what God sees. You've been looking at what you see and breakthrough is about what God sees and what God wants to do. When you climb with me to the top of the mountain, God says, I'm gonna reveal to you what you've not seen before. God's breakthrough. God's breakthrough is unleashed as you and I begin to focus our faith. Hear me now. As you focus your faith, breakthrough will come your way. Miracles are birthed in the soil of your imagination. When you begin to picture it, you see it, all of a sudden something's being released into your spirit. I can imagine Abraham laying down, looking up at those stars, and God was giving him a picture as he looked up into the stars of what his future would be like. That is what God wants to do for you and me. Now the tool, the tool that will help you in the next several weeks is this card that we call the Faith Promise, Faith Goals Card. Faith promise, that's coming in a couple months, our, our missions. Our faith goals. On the back of the faith goals, everybody needs this card. If you're not in person, you're watching online, you can download it and print it out, put it on your iPad if you want a PDF of it. If you're in the building, you'll need to get this before you leave the service today. This becomes your tool of helping you to focus your faith. This card is vital for the next 21 days because this is where God will begin to reveal and you'll begin to jot it down. These will be the pictures. This will be the revelation. Now, we've put it in four areas with a fifth area as to maybe a, a, an area that God specifically is speaking to you. But this will help you to focus your faith so that it can produce spiritual power in your life. Hear me today, there's some of you that you have not seen breakthrough in the years of past. When we've walked through the 21 days, you haven't seen God do the miracles and the breakthroughs in your life. And one of the reasons is you have not focused your faith. This card helps you to focus your faith and to begin to embrace in your spirit what God is putting into your imagination. I can see the woman that had the issue of blood and in her imagination, she thought to herself, if I can push through this crowd and I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. What I'm telling you today is this will focus your faith and it will be the press for you so that you can press in and you can begin to say, God, what is it that you want to go, what you want to do? What is faith goals? Faith goals are the what ifs. The what ifs, what God says I want to do when you're walking through times of prayer and fasting like we're going to begin to go through. God will begin to speak things in specific areas, burdens, as I just to explain to you, will begin to, to fall into your heart. Prayers that are God prayers for God's purpose, for God's ways in your family or in your life or in your ministry. He begins to drop into your spirit. Over the last 10 years as we have done this, I've watched I've watched people that were believing, praying, 
for things in their own life, their personal life, their, 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 their own uh, advancement in life. I've watched individuals praying that God would give them a house. In fact, a, a number of them, time after time again, they would put in a contract. They couldn't get the contract. For whatever reason, somebody else would beat them to the contract. And I can name people from this pulpit right now that I can tell you during the 21 days, their contract came through. They ended up getting a house far under market value and far better than they could have ever dreamed, thought, or even imagined. I've seen it happen. I've watched people. I remember the couple still attends our church. They were divorced. They hadn't talked together for many, many years. God laid it in her heart that they were to be restored. She began to pray about that restoration. And out of the clear blue, he calls her. Neither one of them, even in their divorce, had been with anybody else. And God began to reconcile their marriage. And they came back together. It came out of a moment where God began to say, I want to bring restoration restoration to your family where children or grandchildren were wandering in their faith and a mom and a dad or a grandparent begin to say I'm going to bombard heaven there's a promise over my child's life a promise that they're going to walk with you God and they're going to serve you God and they're going to be with you God and they begin to pray about that and begin to fast about that and begin to hold that up and within the year the children were in service before the year was over I've watched it. I've watched individuals believe that God wanted to use them in a greater way, greater influence, greater influence uh, in their workplace. And, and, and in that season of 21 days, they would make com covenants to God and commitments to God. And all of a sudden, within the year, their job, things begin to come into alignment and they got promotions and, and they got better positions and things begin to come to pass for them because God laid into their heart what he wanted to do in their life. This card becomes vital so my encouragement is prepare. So in our final moments, I know my time is clicking like it usually is, but let me tell you three key words to embrace the promise of God. The first is you gotta focus. And this card helps you to focus your faith. Fasting also helps us to focus our faith. Do you know fasting really isn't about the food? Fasting is really about the, the alignment of your spirit. It's saying that I'm going to deny my body so that I'm going to say no, let me say it another way, to my body so that I can say yes to my spirit. So that I can yield and I can hear and I can be sensitive that I'm going to take time, that I'm going to pray Normally where I would be eating, Lord, I'm going to take that time to, to pray and, and, and I'm going to get to a place that I can hear from you. One of the things that helps me when we do extended times of fasting like this is the nightly prayer meetings, Monday through Friday from uh, 7 p.m. right here at our Fort Lauderdale campus. We'll have about an hour, uh, hour 15 minute prayer meeting. It's all prayer. There's no preaching. It's, it's just praying. It's, man, every time I come, I, I've got my faith gold card with me. I've got my Bible, my scriptures with me. We've got somebody that's leading the prayer. And what is it doing? It's focusing my faith. It's helping me in that season to open my spiritual ears, to hear from God, and to be ready to receive the promises of what God has for me. A second word, if you're going to embrace God's promise, is that then you've got to trust the word, the living word, the living word that's at work within you. During that fasting what you're doing is you're looking in, you're looking to the word, you're challenging yourself to read the word more than maybe you've read it in a long time and there's just developing with you a confidence where God can say, be strong, be courageous, hear my voice, know what I'm saying to you and something begins to build within you which then leads to the third word to embracing God's promises, I'm just expecting I'm just telling you, in the next 21 days, I actually get excited about it now. In the next 21 days, I'm expecting that God's gonna bring revelation. I'm just, I'm expecting it. I know it's going to happen. You know what I also expect is that there are golden connections and there's divine opportunities that God's gonna begin to arrange, divine connections that are being arranged in my life. Why? It's because I'm posturing myself. 
to hear from the Lord. All right. Are you with me? All right. Let me finish up. I told the team to come back a little bit later, but guys, I'm ready. This jacket's got me so hot. I'm I'm ready. Joshua chapter one, let me take you to the final point, which gives us practice. Joshua chapter one, look here in verse 10. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go throughout the camp and tell the people to get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you're gonna cross the Jordan and you're gonna take possession of the land that the Lord your God is given to you. Get ready, because I'm about to do something for you. If you'll flip over to chapter three, early in the morning, Joshua said to all the Israelites, set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. And after three days, the officers went through the camp and they were giving the orders to the people When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are the Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go. Why? Because you have never been this way before. But keep a distance, a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark Do not go near it. So Joshua told the people, consecrate yourself. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things, amazing things among you. We talk about this a little bit at the encounter, and that is to see breakthrough, you've got to embrace the promises of God, but secondly, you've got to prepare to cross over. You got to prepare to climb the mountain. You got to be prepared to get postured and positioned for the breakthrough of what God is wanting to do. You've never traveled this way before. You see, what God's going to reveal to you on your faith goals card are going to be things that hasn't been done before in your life. That's why God's releasing it to you. And over the next 21 days, I'm telling you, it's going to be difficult. Is breakthrough on the other side of climbing the mountain? Yes. But like many of those young warriors, they would quit about halfway up the mountain because it was difficult. I'm telling you, fasting is not easy. Consecrating and preparing yourself for what God wants to do is not easy, but it doesn't come without the fight. But if you will push through and you will keep climbing, I'm telling you, there is a breakthrough that is on the other side. It's not outrageous for us to say that God wants us to invest in something that's going to lead to our breakthrough. Too many people in the body of Christ are fasting the word of God and feasting on food when God says, I want you to fast food and feast in my word so that I can release unto you what I want to do for you. I guarantee you it's not going to be easy. You've not walked this way before. The enemy of your soul is going to do everything he can to fight you when you're trying to fast to blind your mind, to, 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 to keep you blinded to the spirit realm of what he wants to do. Satan tries to dull our hearing. He tries to mute the voice of the Lord to us. He tries to keep us from seeing what he wants us to see. That's what the enemy is trying to do because he's trying to rob you of what the spirit of God wants to do for you. But I'm here to tell you today, if you'll prepare to cross over, if you'll prepare to climb that there is breakthrough on the other side. Jesus fasted. Moses and Elijah both fasted 40 days. Jesus fasted 40 days. Daniel fasted 21 days. In fact, in your outline, I've got some scripture there on Daniel. I don't have time to read it today. But during his 21 days, what happens in the fast? Paul shows us a New Testament believer 
shows us what a fasted lifestyle looks like. Paul fasted on multiple occasions. He fasted seven days. The scripture says he fasted 14 days. He fasted 10 days. When you look at the early church, Paul talked about fasting for three days. See, if our forefathers saw the power of it, then you and I have got to see the power of it. Israel was about to go through some uncharted territory. They hadn't been that way before. They didn't, they, they, they didn't know which way to go. They didn't quite understand what was going to be on the other side. But Joshua said, get ready. Prepare, for there is a new experience, a new dimension that's going to come after you challenge and climb this mountain. It's about to come. The second thing that he says is purify yourself. And as you purify yourself, you consecrate yourself, I can bring breakthrough to your life. So in our final moments, I'd like for you to stand with me across this room. In our final moments, let me give you a couple practical tips on fasting. First of all, there are a couple different types of fasts. The first type of fast is what we call the the full fast. Some call it the absolute fast, the full fast. The full fast is where you drink only liquids, usually just water, for a 24-hour period of time. Yours might be from sunset all the way to the next morning. Yours might be from sunset, the evening, all the way to the next evening. Whatever it is that works best for you, it's a 24-hour period of time. A second type of fast is what we call the partial fast. The partial fast is where you'll fast a meal or two. Some fast from morning to evening, then eat an evening meal. The next day, morning to evening, evening meal. You fast a meal or two. Now, if you don't normally eat breakfast, don't tell the Lord I'm fasting breakfast. God knows you're not a breakfast eater, but you determine that you're going to do a partial fast. The third is what we call the Daniel fast. It comes out of the book of Daniel, and we see that you're not eating meats, you're not eating sweets, you're not eating breads, water, maybe juice, fruits, vegetables, and you do the Daniel fast. You can do a combination of all three in the 21 days. You may choose once a week to do a full fast, with a partial fast or a Daniel fast with a full fast. I want to encourage you, if there's no medical reason, and just because you're hungry doesn't mean it's a medical reason, but if there's no medical reason not to do the full fast, don't be afraid to do at least one day a week of the full fast. So I'm not suggesting that you do the next 21 days all full or the next 21 days all partial or the next 21 days all Daniel. You may mix it up as the Lord leads you. For some, they choose every Sunday what they're going to do that week so they're getting prepared. In my mind, I'm already kind of thinking what I'm going to do during the 21 days. And over the last 10 years, I've done all of them. I've done three days full with you know, partial, and then a week of maybe Daniel. I've done all 21 days full. I've done 10 days full and then partial. I've done all of it as the Lord was guiding me. It wasn't legalistic. It was what I felt the Lord wanted me to do. Now, the ask for all of us is that everybody does something every day. Partial, Daniel, or full every day. Before you leave today, I want to ask you, choose what you will do this week. Why is that important? Because the enemy is going to do everything he can to stop you. You're going to get an invitation to your favorite restaurant. Your boss is going to want to take you out to honor, you know, you and the whole office. You're going to have something that's going to come up. Something's going to fight your fasting. So just determine ahead of time what you're going to do couple quick t- uh, quick tips, so to speak, is be clear on your motive. Be specific. Why are you fasting? 
And as you begin to say, God, I'm fasting for direction. I'm fasting for healing. I'm fasting for you to give revelation. I'm fasting for my children or my marriage or a breakthrough in my career or my job. Father, I'm fasting specifically, Lord. I want you to give me guidance. And every day, set a goal. Every week, set a goal. For the 21 days, I've set a goal of what I want to read in the scripture for the 21 days. For you, it may be in the next 21 days, I want to read through the Gospels. I'm going to read through the Gospels in the next 21 days. Or I'm going to read all through the New Testament. Now, it'd be really challenging to read all the Bible in the next 21 days. That's about four hours a day, just to tell you, of Bible reading, to read through the Bible in the next 21 days. But set some kind of goal for your reading of the Word. Every day as you're fasting, let it be a time of yielding and surrendering, a time of cleansing, a time where God is breaking sin and bondage in your life, where there's confession that's taking place, where God can reveal people that you've offended or people that you need to ask because maybe uh, you've been offended by them and you're releasing them, but maybe you've offended them and you need to ask them to forgive you. Whatever it is, you're surrendering and you're yielding and you're allowing the Spirit to align you. You're deciding what you're going to fast ahead of time. But can I tell you the last quick tip is that there is power when we, the church, fast together. There's a unity that takes place and there is an anointing that gets released. So during the 21 days, every day, would you pray for CLC? Somehow, let it get on your lips that you're praying for the mission and the vision of CLC, that you're praying for the pastors of CLC, the leaders of CLC, the impact of CLC, the, the acceleration of the impact of CLC. Will you get on your lips the mission of CLC? On the way out today, pick up your Faith Goals card or download it. If you haven't already got it, Pick up your daily devotion. This will start tomorrow. Everything starts tomorrow. And tomorrow we've written a daily devotion, one devotion every day. Pick it up or download it today. Get ready. It takes you maybe five minutes to read it, meditate, pray on it. Every day we're going to be having a video a devotion. It'll be going out to you that'll cover this as well. And then every night, Monday through Friday, we're going to be having a prayer time at the Fort Lauderdale campus. It will not be streamed. It'll only be in person Monday through Friday. And then also the next couple Saturday nights, uh, Saturdays, I should say, we're going to be doing prayer walks around the city. And I think there's a, uh, um, there's a link on the website that'll get you to uh, that so that you'll know where we're meeting and what we're going to be doing. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.